our business is dependent on us getting discounted properties. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. To get a discounted property, you need to be able to convince a property owner to sell to you at a discount, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you need to be in an area where sellers are easier to convince. Right. That's a big concept for people to understand. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. When did you start wholesaling? When did you get into it and why virtual? Okay, so I actually started out as a house flipper. Yep. I started about nine years ago. I was 25 years old, so that tells you how old I am. I know I don't look it, though. (laughs) I don't look it, obviously. So I started because I just did not want to have a full-time job anymore. Right. My daughter, Reese, was about one years old. And after having a kid, it's funny how your perspective changes. Like, before you have a kid, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be like a CEO of a company one day, and I'm going to like work 12 hours a day, and it's like career, career, career. And then you have a kid and you realize that like corporate life, having a job and having a child is very hard, especially when both parents have it. There's not someone where, you know, that it is a stay at home. Mm -hmm. So as soon as Reese was born, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to figure out how to work from home. Right. I got to find something that I could do because I couldn't just not work. My husband at the time, ex-husband now, but husband at the time, you know, he wasn't bringing in enough money to support all of us. So I had to find something that I could do. And I would have done anything. Mm-hmm. So it just so happened. My brother started flipping houses first. Okay. He was flipping awesome. houses. Yeah. Like I think he had maybe three projects ahead of me at that time. And he said, you know, why don't you just start doing what I do? I mean, I think you could, you know, do this and work around Reese. I think you could do it from home and still have, you know, Reese home. And I said, you know, we, we kind of came up with an equation, like, how much money would I have to bring in? Mm-hmm. I always love this number. This makes me so happy. When we factored in what I was getting paid on my salary, which was 55000 a year at the time. Mm-hmm. and Living in Southern California. Living in Southern California. Which really means yeah. like 5000 Yeah, I was broke. I was broke. Like we were like, and I was, I mean, I graduated college, but I graduated during recession. Right. So there were, I mean, we were post-recession in this moment. So like 55 of stable income was actually good. Yeah. My, I had friends still working as like restaurant servers, sure, like, sure. you know, doing part-time work. So this was, you know, at least I had a steady job with benefits. So we took, you know, how much I made minus like the childcare. Mm-hmm. Childcare is insanely expensive as some of you guys might know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took, you know, minus childcare and I factored in, okay, I'll get health insurance with, you know, my husband's plan. And we, we minus all the costs and, and we realized because at the time I just found out I was pregnant again. So childcare just got doubled. Mm-hmm. That really all I needed to bring in to be exactly even with having that full-time job was $36,000 a okay. year. Okay. That was Three it. grand a month. So my brother goes, that's like one house that one you flipped. Flip. One, one flip, flip in California. Yeah. Like you could easily do that. I think you could do one flip a year and, yeah. and cover that. Do two just to be safe. Yeah. So I was said, sign me up. Let's go. So just like that. Yeah. Absolutely. How do you just start flipping? So you've got yeah. 55,000, you got college, you're pregnant, you've got a baby. 
you don't have a tremendous amount of savings, no, right? No, nothing, no money. So how do you go into flipping houses? Okay, so I literally had no money, yeah. no nothing in savings. Right. So my brother Dustin gave me some coaching programs. He had two coaching programs, and back then they used to come in CDs. Yep. So they were. It was like a yeah. binder with CDs. This is like how I'm gonna date myself. Why can I know this? Yeah, this Mike is what it used to library. be like. Yeah, yeah. like this binder CD kind of thing. And I listened to the CDs on my way to work and back. Like that's all I really had time. And some mm-hmm. at night. Like I would listen to some stuff at night, Bigger Pockets um, podcasts. I would listen to a lot. And in about a week, I finished my first course, and that course was so well done that I really had all the tools. Who was like it, it was Mike Cantu. So okay. I interviewed him on the Wholesaling Podcast. Yeah, he's local in my territory. Got it. So it was great because it was very local, very like relevant for you know flipping houses in Southern California. So I listened for one week, and I figure out from that course, okay, I'm going to do direct to seller marketing. I'm not going to look on the MLS. Okay. And what that looks like is direct mail. Mm -hmm. So direct mail costs money. Yeah. I didn't have that. Yeah. So then I had to think, okay, well, where am I going to get that money? And I called up Capital One and I got my credit card limit increased as much as I could, which I think at the time it was like $11,000 was like my max. You put it on credit cards. Put it on credit cards. Oh my God. I was like, all right, I got my marketing budget. Here we go. So, and you're sending mail in Southern California. Yes. But this is when people, Brent, this was nine years ago. People weren't doing mail. Right. So, or not a lot. Right. So I, my first marketing campaign looked like this. I did exactly what Mike Cantu did. I even, I did everything he did. Note guys, if you are ever buying education, just do what the coach says. Right. I copied his letter word for word. Mm-hmm. I even used the same mm-hmm. font. Mm-hmm. I used the same envelope style. Everything looked the same. And I found someone on Craigslist to handwrite the addresses so they looked personal because this was before all those machines were out right. that would do it right. for you. Yeah. So I would give, I found someone on Craigslist to do it. I think I, I don't know, maybe it was like 50 cents a letter, something like that. And they would and handwrite these letters. Handwrite it and I'd get it back from her. And I, and she'd even put stamps. This I used, is somebody local. Mm-hmm. You just found somebody. Found that, someone okay. on Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. And I got the forever stamps, like the, the Disney Pixar ones. So it looked very, very personal. And I just started mailing letters. So to who? To I got a list of absentee owners. Got it. That was it. Just absentee non-owner, owners. Non-owner occupied. Yep. yep. Thinking that these are rental homes, yeah. you know. So I send, I start sending to, and I remember I was so scared. Let's talk about limiting beliefs. I was so scared to flip a single family house. For some reason, a, a condo sure. was in my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Condos in California were cheaper mm-hmm. at the time. I could probably mm-hmm. get one under 200000 if it was distressed. This mm-hmm. is at that time, not yeah. anymore, no. but at that time. Whereas a single family home, I was more like going to pay 300000 and that really scared me. And so I'm admitting like I'd had limiting beliefs and sure. fears. Sure. So I marketed to condos because that's like what my comfort level was. And I just started sending to the absentee owners of these condos. And I would just pick cities. I didn't really have a, a zip code strategy or anything like that. I just picked certain cities. It took me from the day I started mailing mm-hmm. to the day I got my first contract signed four months. Mm-hmm. So I was. That's average though. Yeah. I mean, that really is. I mean, mm-hmm. a different market. And, uh, yeah. but you, typically it's, you know, you got to go the 90 days. Mm-hmm. 
of consistency for mm -hmm. sure in anything that you do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start seeing day 91, day nine, like these things start going. It was day like 120 to 150 mm -hmm. for you. Yes. Right. Yes. And I'll tell you some of the reasons why it took me so long is I didn't really understand offer pricing. Yeah. So this is something that I really stress on is understanding offer pricing in your area. And I was comping. Yeah, comping. Deal yeah. or no deal. Deal or no deal. Yeah. And I was I was making offer prices based on this very just generic 70% take your ARV times 70% minus repairs. That was it. Just an out-of-the-box calculation. I would offer it to the seller. If yeah. the seller said no, I'd go. Okay, we don't have a deal. Right. That's literally that's all I would do. Right. So I ended up having a stack, and this is before I had a CRM. I would write these on pieces of paper. I call them seller lead sheets, and I would write all the details, the address, seller scenario, what mm -hmm. I offered, what they said they would take, and I eventually had this stack of seller lead sheets that were going nowhere. Right. Like I was, I didn't know what to do with them. I was like, they they want too much money. Finally, after four months, my brother goes, "Well, let me. What are you doing? Let me see who you've been talking to." So he looks through my lead sheets. And he goes, wait, what about that one? Yeah. And I was like, well, it doesn't meet 70% minus repairs. He's like, no, but I don't care. Like, yeah. that's a good spread right there on that. Like, the seller said he'd take that, call him up now. Yeah. Called him up. The guy still was willing to take it. Awesome. Got my first flip deal. Awesome. So we were, me and my brother, Dustin, came up with the financing. He had a private money lender that he'd already been working with. So you squatted up with your brother. Squatted up, yep. yeah. And we, you know, split that thing. The first, um, I always say my first deal was bought on the last day of the recession because that property went up 10% in value when I bought it. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up making $67,000 on awesome. that flip yep. by the time we flipped it and we split it 50-50. So... How'd that feel? Felt amazing. Now, really, what, what was You covered your it, year. What was incredible about it was I was working a full-time job still. So I was still working corporate, you know, I was making 55 a year. So now I just got an extra $33,000 mm -hmm. to add to like my salary, you know, in my head, I'm thinking salary. So that's the most money I'd ever made in my life, you know? And the other thing was I said, I will quit my full-time job when I have 55,000 in my bank account, I will quit my full-time job. So at this point, I am now about five, six months pregnant-ish. So I still got some work to do because I really didn't want to go back to work with two kids. Right. I was like hoping I'd quit on my maternity leave. Yep. So luckily, as I was flipping that first deal, we were in process, I think it was maybe an escrow, I had gotten another contract on a very similar condo, almost exact same numbers, made another 65 with my brother, split it in half. I ended up having the money. And the rest? So I was able to not go back to work. And I remember the-, the Ever? Ever. It was the biggest day ever, you guys. I had imagined this day in my head. In my head, I imagined the day that I would walk outside on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the afternoon outside of my house. Yeah. And know what that felt right. like. Right. Because, like, what does Tuesday in the morning look like when you have a corporate job? It looks like your office building. Yeah. Always. Know? Yep. So I remember that was a big day to call my boss and say, I'm not coming back. And they thought it was because I was going to stay home with my kids, but no, it wasn't. I just didn't feel like telling them. Right. So that's how I got started. That's the deal that started everything. From then on, I mean, big journey. Um, I was local until I couldn't be local anymore. And that's where to, we can talk about that. So the marketing channel didn't work anymore. Correct. Because people figured out, I mean, listen, doing marketing is the lowest barrier to entry. It truly is, right? I mean, as long as you have some funds, you can send out mail and start, you know, 
taking some action that way, right? It's not like you have to pick up the phone and call strangers mm-hmm. or door knock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're sending out mail and you're out there and it's and, and you're getting a response. You're just more getting the response that you were mm-hmm. used to. Yes, yes. And what I attribute that to, and if you guys can take this concept home with you, is that our business is dependent on us getting discounted properties. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. To get a discounted property, you need to be able to convince a property owner to sell to you at a discount, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you need to be in an area where sellers are easier to convince. Right. That's a big concept for people to understand. So what? Does- so do you think that in in Southern California, because everybody knows that property values have skyrocketed, that they just bingo they want retail plus plus bingo and that's happening all over the country in a lot of different markets that weren't like that before okay so phoenix is a perfect example yeah there was a lot of seller distress in phoenix for many many years and then phoenix started heating up Mm -hmm. and now sellers are very aware that people are leaving california to move to phoenix property values are are going up Mm -hmm. so now wholesalers are having a harder time convincing a seller to take a discount so I ran into that situation. Property values were going up in Southern California. To give you context, Southern California's average house price today is 850000 in my territory, Orange County. Right. So 850000 you try to convince a seller to take a, even a 20% discount on that home. You know, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're going to tell you to go pound sand. Yeah. So, but if you move yourself, and so what I ended up having to do, as I said, I had two choices and this happened in 2015. I realized the lake is drying, lake is drying up. I can either get a job Mm -hmm. and quit this thing, or I have to find another market to diversify myself. So not all of my eggs are in California's basket. Yeah. So I ended up doing that because getting a job was my last resort. Okay. So that's where I went virtual. Awesome. Yeah. And virtual in what markets? My first market was Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And the first thing I did was I built houses, ground up construction. That was my first venture. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Sounds like a nightmare. Actually, it was really easy. Really? Flipping, that's a nightmare. Okay. Yeah. Ground up is not that hard because... You're buying land, you're getting, you know, an architect to draw plans. You have a contractor or builder, they call them, to give you a quote. And as long as you don't make changes to the fixtures and finishes, your quote's going to stay the same for the most part. Whereas flipping when Mm -hmm. you're virtual, the contractor can make some adjustments. You know, the contractor can say, ooh, opened up the walls and didn't see this and didn't see that. So unexpected expenses Mm, more unexpected expenses for sure got it yeah and then you got into virtual and doing deals and deals and deals deals wholesaling yeah and that's what we're talking about today what markets are you in now um in four markets and the markets i'm in now can change next year okay you're flexible uh, yeah i'm very flexible and you can pick up and Mm -hmm. and move yes one of the reasons i'm i'm in four markets is because Two of my markets is in a state that's passing the wholesaling legislation that's going to make it difficult for wholesalers. Got it. And, well, you need to get a license. Yeah. Right. Well, we don't and we don't even know the language yet. We still don't know where it's going. So I wanted to have, you know, a backup. Okay. You know, so yep. yeah. So that's the benefit is you can kind of pick up and move. 
And, you know, the reason I wanted to kind of give you guys like the whole like timeline was like, so you can kind of understand then why I actually ended up wholesaling because right. wholesaling was better. Okay. Go, in the go end, for it. Sorry. Like, you know, like I go, I was like house flipping and house flipping. If you're in your backyard, house flipping is very fun. It's very um, creative. It definitely fulfilled me creatively, which mm-hmm. I liked. Mm-hmm. But when you are, when you can't be local, it, it won't really fulfill you creatively because you can't be there anyway. You're not you're, feeling it. You're not, you're not feeling it. it. You're not meeting your contractor. You're just getting ripped off most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like there's more problems and headaches than. Got it. So I realize, like, okay. Guys, listen, this has been true across the board. I mean, unless you have your own staff that moves somewhere mm-hmm. or you really, really, really establish a territory, mm-hmm. if you just get in there to do flips in other states, um, you're going to have to deal with shenanigans. Shenanigans, big time. For, for, for real. Yeah. If you are interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP program. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP, wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check out the hundreds of testimonials. Check out what the program's about. If it feels good in your gut, then sign up for a call. I look forward to working with you personally. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.